guys, welcome back to the Not Just a Bikini Girl podcast. This is your host, Jasmine Anderson, and today I'm going to be talking with, well, Vicky Masita, kind of known as the Tiny Titan as well, but we're going to be talking about stress management during prep. I'll let Vicky introduce herself anyway, but she has a fantastic podcast called Don't Fear the Weight, and she's also an online prep coach with Titan Coaching, and we're going to be talking about all things stress-related during prep. I know Vicky's got more experience in this area than I do because she's competed a lot more than myself, and she also coaches comp prep clients, so I'm really, really interested to hear her thoughts, and I hopefully share some more tips, so welcome Vicky to the podcast. Hello, hello, how are you? Yeah, not bad, it's not bad, you? Yeah, I'm really good. The sun is shining, so I feel fabulous and um, stress-free and everything else. So, yeah. The sun does do weird (laughs) things to people, doesn't it? Absolutely. All these, you know what, all these people who actually say that they suffer with SADS, you know, the seasonal affective Mm. disorder, it is a thing. And I think as human beings, we actually all suffer from SAD in one way or another, because the minute the sun comes out, it's everybody's so much happier and so much more relieved and almost like when the the clouds come over again, they feel deflated. So... Yeah, I'm a big fan of getting that dose of vitamin D. Plus, vitamin D is also very good for you, right? Yes, definitely, definitely. I'm really excited this year as well because I feel like last year I prepped in the winter and the cold. I was just thinking today because I just started my own contest prep and I was thinking, oh, I'm actually really excited to prep during summer. Like, I feel like it's going to be a little bit different in some way. I don't know. So for people that don't know you, just give a quick introduction to kind of how you have come to where you are right now, maybe your competing history and bits like that. Well, okay, so I'm Vicky Masita. I am a mum of two fabulous and annoying children because they have reached those ages now where they can be deemed as annoying. And the daughter is diva and the son is devil child. Love it. But I love them to pieces. But, you know, it's we've got to be realistic. So, yeah, background in history. So I am a registered nurse with a specialty in orthopaedic surgery. And I've had a bodybuilding career way before I had the kids. And then I got pregnant and then obviously took some time off. Gained a ton of weight um, through some difficult pregnancies as well and when I say a crap ton I'm talking about four stone which was quite terrible however the thing that happened before all of this was that I was a terrible terrible sufferer of an eating disorder which was anorexia nervosa People who do follow me know a lot more about because I'm very open about my eating disorder and how it has been disrupted to my entire life, realistically. And cutting a long story short, bodybuilding realistically saved my life from anorexia. And then I had the kids put on all this weight and basically had this couldn't give a fuck attitude anymore because my body was housing a child and I needed to make sure that that child was very healthy. So I started to eat and um, I understood through bodybuilding before that, that I could manipulate my diet and my energy expenditure so I could still have the body that I really wanted, but by still giving it nutrition that it vitally needed. So that's realistically where all of my background came from. I have a vast knowledge of nutrition and everything to do with different types of foods for the simple fact that I was so meticulous about what I ate being an anorexic, but then I was so controlling over the food that I had being a bodybuilder that I had to know about everything to do with food, what happens to the body when we eat it, and not just my body, but everybody else's body as well. So it came from there. And then my husband now, which was obviously then my boyfriend, decided to propose to me when I was uh, four stone heavier than I am now. And being five foot and at the time, 12 and a half stone, I was, yeah, yeah, I was a bit of a chunk. (laughs) 
Yeah, massive so. So, um, yeah, he proposed, and the first thing that went through my head was, holy shit, I need to look good in a wedding dress. So I turned back to bodybuilding because it was the only way that I knew how to manipulate my intake and obviously not go the other way and go massively anorexic again. So from there, I decided that I wanted to take up my PT career again because I had to give it up because um, I needed a balanced obviously lifestyle and needed a stable income, hence the reason why I um, qualified as a registered nurse. And just basically found that my passion for helping people through nutrition and training was a lot more than what I did in the NHS. So that's why I went back into uh, PT coaching, focusing on contest prep. And then I also help people out with the psychology of eating disorders and people who also have polycystic ovary syndrome and various other metabolic disorders as well who are on my books at the moment. And I have to say, Helping somebody back from the brink of an eating disorder, like a serious eating disorder, and hearing that they've hit their macros on point every day that week is better than giving anybody abs any day of the week. Yeah. It's so fulfilling. So, yeah, that, that, is, that is the tiny me in a tiny nutshell. <laughs> so what sorts of shows have you done then? Because I know that you do the BMBF quite a lot. Is there any other federations that you've done in the past? Um, yeah, so I did do the IBFA, which isn't a um, tested federation um, because I am a natural athlete and I am a tested natural athlete, hence the reason why I compete with the BMBF. And it's not the fact that I've got anything against enhancements or assisted users or anything like that, you know, to be perfectly honest. If I could get bigger a hell of a lot quicker, I would really want to do that. But the fact is, I know that my body has gone through so much stress being anorexic and suffering with the eating disorder that I have done. I don't want to put any more kind of drugs into my system than necessary. So, yeah, it's the BMBF that I that I um, compete in and I compete in the athletic or you want to say like trained figure in the IBFA. So I'm a mini version of a bodybuilder. So I have all of the striations, all of the leanness um, and the low percentage of body fat and all the full round muscle bellies, but just without the size. Wow. I, I really want to see you in person. Like, it's a power, absolute powerhouse. I can just imagine <laughs> a small person just like... <laughs> just a, yeah exactly the pint-sized powerhouse that was my original nickname i love that because i'm like five foot ten eleven so we'd be like tom and jerry in the bodybuilding world wouldn't we oh yeah totally totally <laughs> so you're like really tall and slender because you do the whole bikini thing people yeah. said to me oh you bikini i'm like i would look bloody ridiculous in bikini i really would first of all i stomp around the stage like nobody's business and two i get that shredded that quick it just it, it wouldn't suit the class it at would all. make sense yeah that's fair enough. I'm still trying to get least Bambi-fied as I can on my heels because obviously I didn't, when I was younger, it wasn't a massive thing for me. Everyone's like, yeah, I'm getting my high heels. I'm like, I I'm all right. I'm, I'm tall enough. I can see everything. Yeah, yeah. Age, do you know what I mean? But... <laughs> definitely, definitely. <laughs> okay, so let's go on to stress management then. Because last year, it was my first kind of real experience. And when I look back now, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, all these little things I thought were, like, the end of the world and all this. It was just so load of BS, basically. And when I think about people like yourself that are in, you know, high-demanding jobs, if you're doing your nursing and then you're doing your online coaching and then you've got two kids, like, my problems are probably, like, nothing. And that's, <laughs> really, and that's definitely something that I've learned from last year in terms of stress management is kind of just rationalizing what the stress is can you control it 
can you not? I'm really interested to hear how you manage stress because obviously that can have a massive impact on people's mental health and also the physique that they bring to the stage as well. So yeah, I don't know if you want to kind of touch on any of those topics at all. Yeah, for sure. So, um, okay, well, let's turn it around a little bit. What did you see as the biggest stress in your last contest prep? I think for me, I felt like I didn't have enough time to do everything. And I honestly felt like I was just like always on the go sort of thing. But when I look back now, it was just really bad time planning. Like being dyslexic, time management is just not my gig anyway. (laughs) Right. Fair enough. And it's funny. I, I feel like this year I've got so much more on my plate but time management isn't an issue for me anymore. So, yeah, I mm. think that was going, looking back, that was probably the biggest thing. And another big thing that I was kind of fixated on was if I was going to be lean enough, um, which is, I guess, is a normal thing that everyone kind of goes through. But for me, that stress only came in probably three weeks out because the back of my legs, the conditioning-wise, just wasn't there at all. So, right. yeah, I guess those are the two main things for myself. Okay, so I'm going to give you an example of one of my bikini girls that I've got at the moment. She suffers a lot with body dysmorphia and she suffers a lot with anxiety and a little bit of depression as well. She wanted to do a contest prep that basically was something that was an achievement for her, just for her. And the fact that she could look back on those photographs and say, yeah, do you know what? I did that when I was 28 or I did that when I was 29. It was just something to look back on that she was proud of. Okay. She has got probably the biggest stress on her shoulders at the moment because every time that she comes on her time of the month, she gets watery, she gets bloated, scale weight doesn't go down. All of a sudden she's like, holy shit, I'm not going to be lean enough. I'm not going to be lean enough. I'm not going to be lean enough. So my job as a coach, I am not one of these typical coaches or personal trainers that basically just kind of goes, right, here's your plan, here's your nutrition, off you go and do it. And then ignore them for a week. And then say, right, check in on with me on check-in day. And that's the only time that you can actually speak to me. I'm not one of those people who do that. What I do is I ensure that I take the stress off everybody else. So it is my job to absorb that stress factor. By literally talking to other people, you're taking that stress away from your athlete. Now, I did exactly the same thing when I was prepping. I was 8% body fat. And I was there saying, holy shit, I'm not lean enough, you know, and what are you doing in giving me a refeed? And I was literally just talking at my coach the entire time and saying, you're giving me a refeed of this. I'm going to overspill. There was no way on this planet that I was going to overspill at less than 8% body fat for a female. You know, I mean, it was crazy. But the one thing that I would say about having those kind of fears is that they are rational because prep messes with your head anyway. You know, prep does make you have this realistic prep brain where you get this fog and you don't think straight and you think that you've got a million things going on in your life, which you probably do. I mean, if you think about it, take me for an example. I've got two kids, a husband, a large dog. I've got all of my prep clients and then I do um, bank shifts at the hospital to keep my nursing registration up. The clients that I have all have my personal number, so they speak to me on a regular basis. My phone never stops, like literally never stops. And then I've got to do my own prep. So time management is ridiculously important. But having that person to talk to, to kind of take all of that fear away from you is your saving grace. So in order to deal with the stress management going through prep, you need to make sure that you have a damn good relationship with your prep coach. And if you have a coach that says to you, 
you can't speak to me unless it's on check-in day, find another coach. Because as a prep client, regardless of what category you're going to be in, you are going to need to speak to somebody every single day. And I mean every single day. And you are going to have to have somebody who's on your case every single day. I've got a girl at the moment who looks absolutely sick and she's not competing. And I'm gutted because she actually decided not to compete about, I think she was eight weeks out. And then she said, I'm not going to compete. I was like, no, why don't you want to compete? You look sick. And she just basically said competing's not for her. After going through what she had done at six weeks out, she just really felt that she didn't want to carry on. And it wasn't through the fact that she was low calorie dieting at all. I mean, the girl is shredded and she's still on 1700 calories. But we worked together for a long time in the off season, built up this really good relationship. And we built up her calories to over three and a half thousand. But she trains like a beast and she speaks to me every single day. And that is the reason how it works. She decided to have some jelly last night because she's still good. She's obviously gone through a good prep and she doesn't want to waste it. So she's booked a photo shoot instead. So now she's stressing going, I'm not going to be lean enough for a photo shoot. And it's like, dude, right. First off, I'm not going to get you shredded for a photo shoot because you don't need to be. And second of all, what the hell are you worrying about? Let me do all the worrying for you. And then automatically like that, all the stress is taken off. So you have a coach that says, let me do the worrying for you. You just have to tick boxes. And that's all you've got to think about. Tick boxes and let your coach do all of the worrying for you. But yeah, and you've you've got to have a good relationship with your coach. You've got to be able to speak to them. So Amber messaged me uh, this morning, showed me her pictures, because we're slowly carving her up now throughout the week. And uh, she's very watery. She's really puffy and everything. And I said, what did you do? So she said, I had jelly last night. And she reacts badly with jelly. So I left her a voice note because she was panicking and saying, what if I get watery on Sunday? I said, the only way you're going to not be watery on Sunday is stop eating fucking jelly. And that was it. And she was like, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. I just won't eat any more jelly this week. It's like, yeah, you won't. You will not eat any more jelly. It's simple, right? All of a sudden she's laughing. She's got that good relationship with me so we can laugh together. And all the stress is taken away. So dealing with stress is easy if you're in prep, if you have a good network and support network around you, your coach being the number one, because you don't want to give that to your husband. You don't want to give it to your wife. You don't want to give it to your kids, your dog, whoever, you know, who then decides to hide in a cupboard for fear of the fact that you might beat them to death for, <laughs> for the fear of stress. Get a good coach, get somebody who you can talk to, get somebody who you've got a lot in common with and who understands where you're coming from. And that way you can palm the stress off on them. That's what they're there for. Definitely. That's what you pay them for as well. Like last year, um, I had a very similar situation that I couldn't speak to my coach unless it was on a Friday. And it it was stressful. That's what you pay them for the end of the day, isn't it? That objective eye to say, fine because sometimes things do change very quickly across that week as well but i think it's very yeah. interesting you say about having that support network i don't know about you i think this is why the industry is so great because you can make connections and relationships so quickly you both laugh about it together where sometimes with other people maybe outside the industry that don't necessarily get it so i always say to people as well like it's so important to have that right network around you Absolutely. Absolutely. And it can be in it can be in in the form of fellow competitors. I mean, I don't know about you, but in the bodybuilding industry, I have made that many friends. Now, people who I can call true friends who I can literally just phone up in the middle of prep and say, listen, I need a second eye. You know, have a look at my have a look at me. 
my phone is full of naked bodies, not from people who I can, who I prep. But, you know, people who are just saying, Vic, I need your eye for a second. It's like, yeah, yeah, just send it over. It's fine. Um, But I've got good friends who you can talk to and just kind of palm some ideas off and stuff, you know. It's like a good friend of mine the other day, she just phoned me up about a job issue. And she was like, God, you you need to be my job counsellor today now because it's nothing to do with prep. Neither of us are in prep at the moment. But she's having an issue about her job because we have this kind of thing in common about competing, about bodybuilding. People in the non-bodybuilding world or realm don't get it and don't understand these little niggles that we have. You know, the fact that we we like eating out of Tupperware and the fact that we like eating meals cold sometimes mm-hmm. or kind of most of the time. And if it's <laughs> yeah. like, well, if, if we even if we have access to a microwave, are we going to use it? Probably not. If you're not hungry, you're just like, no, microwave, can, I can skip that part. <laughs> Exactly, right? It's just like, you know, microwaves just take too long and I don't want to wait that long for my food, especially when you eat as much as I do as well. It's crazy. How much do you eat at the moment? Oh, over 3,000 a day. Jeez, crazy. Jeez. Yeah, a lot. And I've still got abs. Whoop. I love it. I love it. That's yeah. life, man. That's life. <laughs> <laughs> Carb but, um, dreams. So, so what do you do with clients and non-clients, yeah? So they've had a really stressful day and say they've blipped on something. I don't know. So say they have to train four times a week, yeah? And then they eat in all their training food until they get to the end of the evening. Work's overrun. They're now stressed out and thinking, oh, my God, I've eaten all this food. Now I can't even go and train. Or do I, should I go train at, like, 11 o'clock at night and then screw myself up for the next day? Like... What do you say to people when sometimes, to be blunt, just life gets in the way? Like, how do you go about dealing with a client or not, or just anyone that comes to you with that situation? Well, basically, I would ask them what the big deal's about anyway. So it's like, yeah, okay, you've eaten your food. So what? Now, me personally, the way that I program people, they don't have different foods on training and non-training days. Mm-hmm. They have linear calories, and sometimes that works for everybody. I'm a big fan of that. Um, Other times we have to obviously have them lower calorie through the week maybe and give them more calories on a weekend because that's the time when they go out and splurge. That's more for general population clients rather than contest prep clients. Um, But I would actually ask them, what is the biggest deal in the world? What do you think is going to happen? So, we again, we just talk it out. You've had a stressful day at work. You've eaten your training. You've eaten your your pre-training meal, right? Those horrendous carbs that are going to turn into, um, you know, the fat fairies and just lay down in your fat stores if you're not going to go and train immediately after consuming all of these high impact sugars, um, which is bullshit, by the way. But yeah, so I would say, what is the big deal? What do you think is going to happen? Do you think that you are going to put on three or four pounds worth of body fat just from having that one meal? or that one additional tree training meal, or that extra 100 grams of carbs that day? Or do you think you might actually be able to use it for recovery? And do you think that stressing about that extra meal and not being able to get your workout in, do you think that that is actually going to make the biggest difference to your entire working week? Now, if you train four days a week, and this happens on, what, your fourth day, fourth training day in the week. Why don't you just swap around your dress day? Train tomorrow, you know? It's it's very, very easy. Everybody kind of thinks that your body works in this 24-hour clock period. And 
nine times out of ten, it really doesn't, unless you have some kind of met- mm. metabolic problem or metabolic disease in some way where you have to eat at a certain time of day. You know, it, it, it just doesn't happen like that. What you can consume can go over a period of the next couple of days after that. So what happens if you overconsume and you have an extra jelly that day, apart from the fact that you go puffy? <laughs> you just can't, You can just not have jelly the next day. Or you can tailor that bit out the next day. So it all equals out. Now, I'm not the biggest fan, especially in contest prep, because your water levels can go all over the place as well, and you can go puffy and the scale weight might mess with your head, and it's a whole cascade of, um, you know, a big domino effect of shit. Um, but so as long as you are kept consistent all the way through, then you're fine. But, you know, manipulating a day here and there and making up for a training session that you should have done on Wednesday and doing it on Thursday instead, it's no biggie. So, again, it is talking through it with your client or your mate and just kind of say, dude, take a chill pill. You're not going to die. You're not going to lose those two top abs because you've had 50 extra grams of carbs that day. So I feel like everyone needs, on top of, like, having a prep coach, I feel like everyone needs, like, their competing buddy. Like, that just won't Oh, yeah, happen. totally. It's like, right, everyone find your partner. <laughs> yeah, cool. yeah, Buddy up so you don't lose each other on the class trip. <laughs> Absolutely, right? Make sure you hold hands. Literally. The whole shebang. The whole shebang. Yeah. It's true. Have, did you have a did you have a prep buddy? I didn't last year actually. No. Mm. But I feel like this year I've got quite a few really lovely people, so I'm excited. I'm really excited. I feel like last year was definitely the trial run. Yeah. I learned a lot mentally and physically and just the whole shebang so yeah i'm excited for this year i feel like i'm going into it in a very different mindset i feel like i've got kind of the key things like i'm willing to learn and yeah i feel like i'm in a good place i feel like i've got a few buddies so i'm excited <laughs> and it's cool, summer cool. so it's and it's summer exactly the best thing about prepping in summer you're not going to be ass cold I know, up to fair, I'll probably still wear my pig onesie and just still rock it out, but yeah. Well, definitely. obviously. <laughs> yeah, obviously, that goes without saying. <laughs> I swear, I just, I have not got the best fashion sense. Everyone sees these people on Instagram that have got, like, these amazing gym outfits. I'm still wearing the, sim- the same stuff that I did probably, like, two years ago. Bloody <laughs> hell. Like, I'm literally, like, if, if it's not broken, like, I'm just not... Exactly, don't fix it, right? God, you don't want to be with me in the gym. Jesus. I'm surprised that my husband still comes with me to the gym. I certainly don't look fashionable at all. But do you know what? Some people I see in the gym and the stuff that they wear, it's like, ah, girl, come on. You should not be wearing that. They're doing glute thrusts or, uh, sorry, hip thrusts with a band and really going for it. And it's just like, and you've got no resistance on there and you're just air squatting and you're wearing all of that outfit and it really does not suit you. So, come on. I mean, to be perfectly honest, I don't give a shit what people wear in the gym. There was a big thing that happened on um, the Gym Outcast Facebook group the other day saying people's opinions about women wearing makeup in the gym. And I, you know, I had to kind of like, who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? I don't care if people want to dress up as a pissing clown and train in the gym. If they train hard, then kudos to them. If you go in and start throwing weights around like a dickhead, then, yeah, okay, maybe I'll go up and say something to you. Because, yeah. And just say, you know, get out of the way of the weight section because you're in my way. Yeah. Um, and I want to train properly. Definitely. But, like, I, I don't know about you. Like, it, just, it just depends on what mood I'm in. Like, if I'm kind of like, I don't really care, I will just go to the gym. 
I'll just put any odd outfit together, odd socks and all, like, no makeup, what, like, cool. But if I am, like, feeling a bit down or, like, I feel like I need to pick me up, then I will just put my eyebrows and my eyelashes on and just be like, boom. <laughs> yeah. This is all I need to make me feel better in myself. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, the only thing that I think that annoys me, personally, is when, well, my gym... In winter, there was these two girls that came in, not being like that dick, but they came in with their Starbucks and they had these little shorts and crop tops. And I was like, it's fucking freezing in here. <laughs> I was exactly, yeah. in like a jumper and my scarf, doing a squat, still cold. And it was these two girls, their Starbucks with these shorts on. And I was just like, what? Get over it. Get <laughs> but, over it. Anyway, redigress. Okay, next question I have. How about when it comes to the time of the month, stress-wise? Obviously, the talking side is fantastic, and I think it's definitely vital, because I think having that objective and external eye, just to ask you those really blank questions, does interrupt any negative thought patterns that are going on. But what sort of things can people do? Because I'm kind of the same. Like, if I'm on my period, I do feel really, really, like, dog shit, pretty much. It's stress, not as much. But, yeah, how do you advise clients or non-clients when it comes to stress management and they're on prep and obviously their period because hormones are just kind of going here then everywhere definitely yeah so again one of the biggest things that i would say is keep consistent go to the gym um when i did have periods i don't now i am completely a menorrhea and have been since 2014 no i'm joking i'm joking that's not a good thing and you don't want it right but when I do, when I did have them, I used to feel dreadful. You know, I used to be sick and I used to have really horrible bloating and I was in pain with it and cramps and all sorts and it wasn't great. So I do empathize completely. The difference is, is that if you're on prep, you chose to do this, right? Okay, fine. You don't choose to have a menstrual cycle. You don't choose to have periods. However, what I would say is be thankful of them. Because sooner or later, they are going to disappear, especially if you are in prep, especially if you are in a physique kind of category, because your body fat levels are going to decrease. Your body is going to have to make some metabolic adaptations, in which case your menstrual cycle will dry up. And then all of a sudden you'll be like, shit, where did it go? So I would say, okay, first of all, don't get stressed. Nobody's going to give a shit if you're on your period or not. Okay. Second of all, keep consistent. Keep going to the gym. When you actually go and train, endorphins get released. You feel a hell of a lot better. All the cramps go. One of my old teachers back in Cyprus when I was growing up there, if one of the girls had their period, she used to make them go out and play a game of tennis. Boom. All the pain went. Serious. Serious. She had no sympathy whatsoever, but she lived through all of it. You know, she was like 50 odd years old and she was just like, "Okay, girl, come on, get a grip. You're going to do this every month. You can't just sit there and feel sorry for yourself. The other thing that I would say is really invest in some good quality dark chocolate because dark chocolate, first of all, is yummy. Right. But second of all, when you eat it, it does, again, release these endorphins and make you feel better. Now, if you just don't like eating a little block of dark chocolate, first of all, you're a freak and never contact me because I think that you should all be eating dark chocolate. But if you don't, no, I'm joking. Um, But if you really don't like doing that, melt it, melt it with some hot almond milk and sit there and drink it or pure cacao powder. Um, Creative Nature Superfoods, they do a pure cacao powder. Melt that, you know, mix it up and make a hot chocolate put some 0% skinny syrups in it or something along those lines. And then you have 
amazing results from that. You have a pick-me-up, the cramps disappear, it helps with bloating, and plus cacao is really, really good for you. So these little tidbits that you have when you're when you're actually on your period, you know when it's coming, especially if you know you've got a diary of it, which I do suggest that you always do, even in your off-season, because once you start getting a little bit of an irregular pattern, that's when you need to start telling your coach and go, okay, do you know what? I'm like nine days late for my period. Fine, have a pregnancy test. Obviously, you're not pregnant. Fabulous. Praise the Lord. Um, unless you're trying and then shit. Um, <laughs> but then after that, you're going to know how irregular those periods are going to be. And then if they don't turn up for another couple of months, then you know that you're kind of at that point where your reproductive system has shut down because you're too low in body fat. And these are all the things that your coach needs to know. So, again, it's keeping symptoms at knowing when it's going to be, just like you were saying about being prepared, yeah, time management. If you know and you're aware of when you are due your period, you can prepare for it mentally as well as physically. And it's just like, okay, great. Now I know that's going to happen this week. Sod's law, it'll turn up on show day, right? Hmm. Because it always knows. But is the case, you're going to know it's going to happen at that point. So you can prepare for it. So again, being prepared and being consistent is everything that's going to take that stress away from you. If you don't know when it's going to turn up and all of a sudden it's like, hey, Aunt Flo's here, then yeah, okay, you're going to get stressed. Yeah. So again, keep a diary of how consistent you are because if you if you weren't on prep and you didn't think about these things, you wouldn't keep a diary, right? But then what happens if you're with your loved ones and you're not keeping a diary and then all of a sudden you're like, hmm, I haven't had a period for a while. And then all of a sudden you start thinking and you're like, oh, I haven't had a period for a while. Shit, maybe I should take a pregnancy test. You know, you start getting stressed, stressed, stressed. But that's obviously if you're not a competitor. But if you're a competitor and you think, oh, I haven't had a period for a while. Ah, well, fuck it. You know, but that can have some detrimental effects. So always make sure that you keep a track of everything that you're doing. You're tracking your food. You're tracking your workouts. You're tracking progression in the gym. Track your menstrual cycle. Track everything, take the stress away. I don't think about use, it. I actually use an app called Clue. I don't know if you've got that one. Or you do it like Matt. Like, I don't have a cycle, love. Oh, yeah, sorry. Mm. <laughs> Super question. But, yeah, I yeah. use something called Clue, which is really, really good. And I literally put, like, a track of, like, symptoms and, like, everything. And it actually marks out for the next three months, like, what it looks like it's going to be. So Fab. I do find it really, really helpful really helpful it Definitely. gives you a like, little like things have like a track of what you've kind of well, what you've put in in the past so it might say something like oh, according to your data like you might start to feel x in the next couple of days and blah 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 so that and i think that anticipation is really key of any yeah. i think with anything because it's like if you know something's going to happen as you know you can prepare you can anticipate but if you don't realize then that shock factor is going to just get your cortisol flying out your body like you don't know what i don't know Absolutely. what it is so yeah i think it's definitely important like and from a supplement perspective then is there anything i don't really like to kind of push this as much just because i don't want people to think oh i can take a tablet and i won't be stressed because obviously it's like it's not it's masking the problem not the, like not sorting out the root cause but is there any supplements that you think are quite good to kind of help people in terms of stress management whether it's like prep or not really no, not particularly. I mean, if you're a highly strong person and you're going to get stressed, you're going to get stressed. The fact is, is that you need all of your ducks in a row before you're going to start prep. And the thing is, is that contest prep and stress 
is all part and parcel of the whole thing. But we can try and minimize it as much as possible. Everyday people in the business world and in the NHS and in any kind of job whatsoever, even stay-at-home moms, get stressed. But they all have their own individual stress levels and things that stress them out. Now, I am like, I'm a really chilled person, so it takes a lot for me to get stressed. The only thing that realistically gets me stressed so much is if I've got a rush. And I don't like rushing. It's like, it's it's one of the... It's one of the biggest banes of my life that I hate rushing. You know, I hate rushing out the door and I hate rushing to make food and I hate rushing my food because I've got to do something. And I hate rushing contest prep. You know, that's why I start prepping my clients from a long time out because it's like, you know, it's, what, what's the point in rushing? Because otherwise we're going to have to do some crazy ass shit when it comes down to the last four weeks and you're not lean enough. And I don't want you to do some crazy ass shit. I just want you to kind of coast into it and be nice and happy and, um, you know, stress free. Let me take all the stress for you. So realistically, there is no kind of magic pill that you can have to decrease your stress levels. You've just got to learn how to manage it. And by managing stress, again, it's just anticipating certain things. Like on Monday, for example, I had the busiest day. It started at half five and I didn't finish until 10 o'clock. And I was having to rush from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. And I felt myself getting a little bit stressed out. And I just thought, you know what? I am just going to take 10 minutes to myself. Put the harness on the dog because he pulls like a bitch. Hmm. Put the harness on the dog. And I just went out for a 10 minute walk cleared my head, went out in walk, and I feel good, and that is what's de-stressing me. And that's how I deal with my stress. I just need to slow down and take a minute. But for other people who are in high-powered jobs, the, the worst job in the world, apparently, for stress levels is, um, you know, those guys in the pit, the ones who did the Wall Street stuff, stockbrokers, that's it. Yeah. That's like the highest, the highest stressful job ever in the planet. Right now, I want to argue with that and say, try being a mom on your own with triplets. Exactly. Right. You want to shout in a bullpen and kind of say, you know, I'll put five dollars on this and five dollars on that. Deal with three triplets who have got um, gastroenteritis, puking and shitting all over you. And you've still got a load of dinner to do. Mm. Yeah, I know which one I'd rather do. <laughs> but anyway. But anyway, so yeah, so it's all about managing your stress. Managing your stress can be done by a number of things. Um, obviously, the ones that we've spoken about here, be prepared, be consistent and put in almost strategies to kind of anticipate when you're going to be stressed. So I knew that Monday was going to stress me out. And I knew that those 10 minutes were the only 10 minutes that I would have to myself. So I used them wisely. I wasn't just going to sit down and watch some shit on TV because it would probably annoy me anyway. Mm-hmm. But that's why you go out and you have a walk. I think self-awareness is probably the biggest one there. Because if you don't know yourself, then you can't put certain strategies or plans in place. And if you don't know yourself, then I guess it's just trialing and actually noting down what does actually work for you and this is why I say to people it's so important every single Sunday for me is my time that I just plan out my whole week because if I try if I don't plan I'll end up just bunching everything in one day you, you're setting yourself up to failure basically yeah in my eyes I would be because stress yeah. in, in the past has been a massive massive thing for me I think has been in a family environment that I was in, like, it was just always stress, always stress, 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 like, constantly. Like, the cortisol, it's so funny, every single time, ever since I was a child, my cortisol levels have always been high in my blood. Okay. Like, I only started coming down this year. 
after what 24 years but it's all been for me through doing things like meditation again like you do going out for like a five ten minute walk when it's nice outside go and take advantage of it planning you know all these little things at first it can be sometimes i think quite overwhelming for people but just try like one thing and see if it works and then if that is good then try another thing if that makes sense i don't know like people seem to think they have to do this whole 180 when sometimes it's just the little increments every single week or month or so like can make such a big impact i think it's the same with training like you don't step on well you don't step into the gym and suddenly know how to work everything in the whole machine mm-hmm. room so it's just doing those little steps and i think it's probably the same thing with stress management well that's what i think anyway but yeah definitely i think it's the same like you were just saying about the whole training scenario it's the same with um implementing more cardio you know one of my guys at the moment he was he's very very sedentary he's a sedentary office worker i'm doing about three and a half thousand steps a day you know, massively. So all I wanted him to do was do 8,000 steps a day just to kind of get him a little bit of a push. So I was like, you know, don't don't be overly concerned with it. But I wanted to get around about 8,000 steps a day. All of a sudden, he was like, shit, I've got to go out for this and I've got to do this. And, I've got and it's just like, dude, just take three 10-minute walks a day. Have one after your breakfast or as soon as you get up. And then have one after your lunch. It'll help you digest your food. And then have one after your dinner with your missus. It's a nice evening. Go for a nice evening stroll. Why the hell not? All of a sudden, he's like, he's messaging me today, going, these 10-minute walks are quite good, aren't they? It's like, well, yeah, you know, apart from the fact that it's beautiful outside as well. You know, it does. It manages your stress. So, so yeah, get out, get moving. Get out, get moving. That sounds like a, a tune, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> but, yeah, get out and get moving. Get walking out in the vitamin D. Um, be one with nature. And I know that everybody says it's this hippie woo-woo shit, but you think about walking through a forest or walking by a lake. And then compare that to walking on a treadmill. How boring is walking on a treadmill? Whether it's uphill, downhill, on one of those little hill climber things that you can do on the different levels and that kind of thing. Have you seen the hamster ones recently pop up? Hamster ones? They're like the hamster wheel. They look like a hamster wheel. It's really weird. They don't go on the speed. They go on the speed that you walk, if that makes sense. Have you not seen that? Oh, right. So if you walk faster, it kind of gets the momentum up. Yeah, I don't know, it's really weird. I always call it the hamster treadmill because it just looks like a hamster wheel. That's hilarious. That's hilarious and I want to see people face plant on it. I'm a big person with that, right? Because I think slapstick is hilarious. I see somebody fall over and I know it's it's I should be more empathetic because I'm a nurse, but I see somebody fall over and I literally just look and go, ha! Because it is, it's funny. It's funny. Yeah, it is, it's terrible. But no, I haven't seen those and I, I think I want to see them. Oh, but yeah, um... Exactly. But yeah, um, yeah, being out in nature, it does help. And it's really good for positive mental attitude as well. I'm much more interested in walking on a treadmill or a hamster wheel. Well, yeah, and a hamster wheel as well. Like, it's interesting. I like to, because Joe's like cussing at the moment um, and he's like switching it up a little bit. I just remember last year. He's cutting at the moment. Yeah, he's cutting. Joe, you need to cut harder, man. You're too fat. (laughs) (laughs) Jokes. He's yeah. getting um, his tattoo done right now, bless him, so I'm just waiting for him to come in. But, um, oh, that's funny. But yeah, I think people think of cardio and activity as like, oh, it's like another thing you've got to do. But I really got into the habit last year of like getting really excited for my cardio because for me, it was time for me to either reply back to people that I've been really shit replying to or listen to a podcast 
and being productive with it like it some people yeah. kind of think like i think because they find it hard their mind's like going 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 and suddenly when they're walking it's like the, the head's still kind of going at like a real fast pace but yeah i think it's just cardio is at well for me cardio can be such a productive thing during prep not only just for like calorie expenditure but just for generally catching up on mm-hmm. things and again like just like a podcast learning about stuff and just just distracting your mind a little bit and just kind of zoning out zoning out sort of thing for sure for sure is there any, what sort of obviously you've got your own podcast like is there any podcast that you listen to oh i've got so many so many obviously the natty scene because that's the one that i do with uh my prep buddy <laughs> aj um i don't know if you all know about that but yeah aj is my boy and uh, one of my best friends in the entire world. So we do a podcast together, which is just like a little um, update of our week and um, a roundup of some of the things that we've seen on social media that day and and delving into some science and anecdotal evidence and stuff. So that's the natty scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll listen to uh, Muscle Minds and I'll listen to Sigma Nutrition because that one's very good as well. Uh, ben Pakulski's a podcast absolutely epic some of the um, guests that he's had on there recently are really bob on really really good um i'm also a big fan of powerlifting so i listen to a lot of raw ipe stuff uh, which i enjoy doing um and obviously i'm a powerlifter myself as well so i enjoy um getting up to date with all of those ones um and of course my own because obviously i'm epic no i'm joking um so but no it's it's all of like the science-based ones i'm a bit of a geek to be perfectly honest with you but I do a lot of my training based on scientific evidence, but also based on anecdotal evidence as well, because I think there has to be a mixture of the two. I think anybody who kind of says you have got to do everything the scientific way is talking out their arse because science changes every single day you know i mean your body changes every single day i don't don't know if you're aware of this but even our muscle fibers change on a day-by-day week-by-week basis um if you've ever heard of dr andy galpin he does a lot of interesting research into muscle fiber types and the best kind of training based on your fiber types that you could actually have i know right it's amazing and the best kind of training that you can do to suit your frame to suit your fiber type now all of a sudden we thought well are you type 2 dominant or are you type 1 dominant i'm getting really sciencey now but you know um and it the, the fact is is that everybody has a mixture of both some people can have a higher percentage of type 2 and some people can have a higher percentage of type 1 so what kind of training do you want to do do you want to do hypertrophy style training which is the h12 or do you want to do strength based training which is obviously like the four to six or do you want to even to go higher than that and hit the other muscle fiber type well, do you know that eating higher fat can change your muscle fiber types? My brain's just like, what? <laughs> I know. But all of these external factors so can, cool, can change and manipulate what happens on the inside. People who drink too many whey shakes or these stupid fucking Slimming Fast or Slim Fast, is that what they're called? Or Slimming Slim. One of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I know what it is. Yeah, something like that. But people who drink these shakes and in, in meal replacement things, they're actually changing their gut microbiome. So that's actually going to completely eradicate some of the good nutritional uptake because they're completely eradicating microbiome in, you, in your gut and destroying their digestive system. And all these medics, medics in, in hyper quotations, all these medics who are just saying, I know, right, bunnies, um, take this pill because that's going to be, make it better. Mm. No, try fixing it with, you know, good nutrition rather than just taking a pill for it. Yeah, it's another one as well, because, like, 
I would never claim to be an online prep coach or just any like online coach. Stay in your lane and all that shit. But yeah, um, <laughs> that's all good, one, isn't it? Stay in your lane. That's what's yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, I just anything that I learned is just from Joe's ramblings at some points. But he does talk about how the guts and the brain are really strongly linked together. And I guess totally. maybe a stress perspective and a brain health standpoint is like it's so important to kind of make sure your diet is like varied has different fats in it and all that sort of stuff. That's actually as far as I know. Anything else, I probably haven't got a clue. <laughs> right, fair enough. But yeah, he's absolutely right. I mean, you imagine, right? Let's let's take it. Let's take it from that. You eat something that doesn't agree with you. You suffer from bloating. What do you feel like when you're bloated? Do you feel happy? Do you want to dance around? And you know, you've got this massive food baby or big swelling in your belly, and you've got the shits, and you feel sick and everything like that. Do you do you want to jump around being happy with that? No, I got, do you know what? Everyone's really shocked when I say this, but oats do not like me. Everyone's like, oh, God, how can you not like oats? But, like, I just, I cannot get on well with oats at all. I've tried gluten-free. I've tried, like, organic and all that stuff. Like, yeah. Sorry, oats are my thing. That make me feel like that. Oats make me sad. Right. <laughs> exactly. And they make you sad, right? Exactly. You've just said that. So you have an emotional connection, not just with food, but the effect that the food has given to you. Yeah. So psychologically, are you honestly going to say, right, well, I am going to be in a happy mood today, so I'm going to have oats? No. First of all, because that's the stupid fucking thing to do. Yeah. But second of all, because you know it's going to make you sad. People say to me, I'm, I'm gluten intolerant, right? I'm, I'm celiac. And people say, oh, have some cake. No, I can't have that because I'm celiac and I'll get sick. Yeah, but it'll be worth it. No, it'll never be worth it. It will never, ever, ever be worth making me feel the way it does internally where I'm bloated and I've got the shits and everything else like that and how sad I am for the next couple of days. Some people if say some get... weird things, don't they? Mm, completely, completely. All the time. And they have no thought process to, be, to how they say them. The other thing that can happen with your mind, your mind is extremely clever and your brain is extremely clever. If you get food poisoning and a certain food actually causes that food poisoning, every time you're around that food and you smell it, your brain will automatically make you feel sick because it'll be like, no, 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 that food made me made me really poorly last time. So now I don't want it. And it's the association with the smell, with being surrounded by it. And even if you didn't know that that was the food that made you sick, your brain does because it's connected to your gut. So you are only as healthy as what you digest. You can eat so much shit that you wanted to, and it'll be great, and you'll enjoy the pizza, you'll eat the burger and everything else like that, and you'll be like, yeah, 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 it's great. That It's going to be difficult for you to digest everything, and you're not going to be healthy. You cannot keep on breaking down your lining of your gut by eating foods that do not agree with you, because that's what happens. If you carry on eating something that causes you bloat, that causes you gas, that causes you to stink to high heaven, because let's face it, everybody who has a high protein diet can clear a room the first time that they get onto it, right? Oh, mate, like, Joe's been saying this to me. It's so funny. <laughs> he's just, because his, like, fat, oh, he's probably going to listen to this. His fat's been really bad, and I'm just like, he's like, I'm really sorry. I'm like, it's fine, because I know that mine are going to be bad in a few months' time, so you have your time. Exactly. <laughs> But that is That's normal. So disgusting that I've just said that. It is. Fuck it's it. disgusting. 
It is disgusting, especially when people keep on having protein shakes. The protein shake farts are the worst farts I've ever smelled in my life. But the thing is, is that if you do smell like that and you start having the gas and you go to bed bloated with this huge pregnancy belly, guys, that's not normal. That is not a normal symptom. You know, you can have a sheer volume of food, but you should still be able to walk around with a realistic flat stomach. Maybe not showing abs all day, but you should still be able to walk around with a flat abdomen all day. And you should still be able to go to bed with a flat abdomen. If, if you go to bed bloated and wake up with a six pack, then yeah, okay, fine. You've probably ended up digesting that food, but it's taking you a lot longer than it should have done. So if you do start having bad breath, bad smells coming out of every orifice, bloating, pain, um, gurgling stomachs and things like that, that's not normal. Keep a diary of what you're eating and then maybe try and eliminate some stuff. I had some horrendous bloating recently um, that Joe probably knows about, actually, because I put it on. And I looked about eight months pregnant. And I was awful. And I gained about half a stone in scale weight. And it just didn't go. And to the point where I went to the doctors, I had blood tests done because they were uh, testing for cancers and various other bits because of where the bloating actually was. To the point where I just went, do you know what? I'm just going to go bro. I'm just going to take out all the foods that I know that are like the, the little demons that can cause bloating. So I took out everything and survived on chicken and rice. Right. If, for people who know me, I am a big foodie. I love food and I love tasty food and I love experimenting with food. Yeah. Um, my mum's a chef. So, you know, it's just like, wow. oh, yeah, it's like the worst thing ever lucky. when I'm on prep. I'm not lucky. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. Um, so I'm a big, massive foodie. So to take everything out and just go on to chicken and rice for a good three weeks. But you know what? Within three days, bloating went. I'd lost nearly, well, over the half a stone in scale weight. I had abs. I was striated. My sessions in the gym, I was stronger. I was digesting everything and I was hungry again. And I was sleeping because that bloating was keeping me awake at night. Mm. My body was overheating because it was just trying to digest everything. You know, the thermic effect of food. Yeah. Obviously, when you eat, when you eat a lot of food, your body temperature raises because it's trying to digest everything. Well, mine was trying to digest like three days worth of food because I was just struggling so much. So my, I was overheating of a nighttime. It was minus four outside. And my poor husband, blessing me, was getting hypothermia because I had the windows open, the fan on, everything. And it was just like, I need to go through the menopause or something is happening, you know, and it was yeah. it was obviously down to this digestion. But after taking everything out, I figured out that it was raffinose that was causing all of the issues that What's I had. That? Now, raffinose is a compound that's found in certain foods, um, mostly high fiber foods, but other foods that you wouldn't even think of. So like white potato, um, okay. even the tiniest bit full of raffinose kills me. Sweet potato doesn't have any raffinose in it. I can tolerate that to high heaven. I have like, you know, I go through two kilo, three kilos of potato in a week. Um, I eat, yeah, I eat a lot of potato. Um, but things like broccoli, cauliflower, peppers, onions, garlic. Anything like that. And of course, because I'm no, can't eat it. I have a tiny bit and I blow up, blow up to high heaven and I'm ill and poorly for, you know, a couple of days. So it's that kind of thing. So, again, you just want to figure out what's causing these issues. And again, that's going to take your stress levels off, because if you're if you're trying to digest things that don't agree with you, you will get stressed because you're like, oh, my God, I'm bloated and I feel ill and, you know, I'm, I'm stressed. Why, why why is this not going? And I don't understand it. 
So again, keep a symptom diary, things that make you bloat, try and take it out, go bro for a little bit, have glutamine in your diet, because that will help repair the damage that you've done to the lining of your gut. Glutamine is not an essential an essential um, supplement to build muscle. However, it does have really big benefits on your gut health. Oh. So have glutamine, you know, with your food. I did not know that. that. Oh, there you go. Learn a new thing every day. Love yeah. It. You don't, people say have glutamine, have glutamine. It's, it's not muscle building. It doesn't do anything for muscle building properties at all, but it is very, very good for gut health. So have, have glutamine for gut health. So I, I like when I learn something new. It's always good. Oh, good. I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, also, okay. I don't. I think we've pretty much covered everything, to be honest. Unless Perfect. there's anything else that you think we need to kind of cover when it comes to stress management at all. Um, I'd say the one thing that I would leave it on, which I quite like doing, is a bit of advice that I give everybody. Share your happiness. Even if you are in the foulest mood or you are stressed or anything like that, if you go out on a walk, right, do you tell me it walk? If you go out on a walk and you see somebody else and they're walking their dog as well, say good morning to them. You will be surprised how shocked they are that somebody has said good morning to you. And you know what? We're a miserable bunch of species, aren't we? As human people in England are, to be honest. Definitely. Oh, as human beings, we are fucking miserable. (laughs) You, You see dogs come across each other and they're always really happy to see each other. And, you know, you walk out of the house and for five minutes and you come back in and they're just like, oh, my God, I thought you'd gone for like a lifetime and I've missed you so much and they want to attack you. And it's because they have that they have that constant happiness thing going on. They're always content. You walk past somebody in the park and you go, morning. And they're always just kind of like, oh, oh, morning, morning. But you know what? You've made that person smile that day. And if you walk into the office one day and you go, morning, beautiful people, and they turn around and say, bloody hell, you're far too happy first thing in the morning. Just call them a miserable bastard because (laughs) they are. Share your happiness. If your smiles are contagious. Yeah, just like yawns. Right. If you smile at somebody, they will smile back at you. So share your happiness. Make the world a happier place. And yes, that is my hippie woo woo shit. But happy people are not stressed people. So that's a good. That's a good note to end stress management whilst on prep. Stay happy. Stay consistent. Stay happy. I like that. I do like that. Okay, so if people want to contact you or find you, Vicky, how can they go and do that? So I am on Instagram as tinytitan84, um, which I know is hilarious, but it's tinytitan84, or just search up Vicky Masita. Um, my online coaching page is www.titan-coaching.com, and I have a Facebook page as well, which is Titan Coaching, or which is Facebook forward slash at tinycoach. Or something like that. I can't remember. But if you just type in Vicky Masita, you'll find me on there. And I'm easily contactable. And I always get back to everybody. Obviously, just give me a, a couple of hours at least. <laughs> Shout at me if I haven't got back to you within like three minutes. Because, <laughs> yeah. And you have your podcast as well. So I'm going to leave all the details below and all that stuff. But thank you so much for coming on. We covered, I think we covered a lot more than just stress management. But yeah, thank you so much for coming on. If you guys did like the podcast, then please go and leave a review. And yeah, we'll see you guys. Well, you'll see me in the next episode.